0: Well, hello and welcome in again to the Worship Life podcast with Mike Harlan. Mike, I call it the Worship Podcast sensation that's sweeping, sweeping the entire the nation. worship nation. I'm adding words to it. Yeah, are you? I'm getting gathered.
1: Well, we, we're in the. We beautiful. can't get T-shirts made up if you keep changing the line. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, what's the T-shirt? Let me say? tell you what hasn't changed. Okay. We're in the BB McKinney studios, right here. They're
0: still beautiful and majestic and historic. Hey, They're definitely get, historic. We ought to
1: get some T-shirts about the BB McKinney
0: historic. That's a great idea. We do let's that. get marketing working on that let's get right that now. i think so some <laughs> swag we need some <laughs> we need some worship life podcast swag i totally agree with that and i know that our listeners do as long as they don't have to pay for it exactly. so we'll get them something for free I know how worship pastors are but I know uh, Mike you were, you're a very relational guy 14 years ago when you came to Lifeway it's one of the first things I, I came to notice about you and you've led relationally our team um, And our new president Ben Mandrell the new president of Lifeway Christian Resources describes himself as a relational guy <laughs> you know this morning leader.
1: when I was coming in from the parking garage I must have got here about the time Ben did he was standing at the bottom of the parking garage elevator high-fiving everybody as they came to oh, work oh that's great <laughs> So I would say Ben Mandrell is relational. A very relational yeah, guy. Yeah. So lots of relationships
0: of minister of music has to have, uh, in addition to those that everyone has with their family and those kinds of things, which of course are critical. And 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 the relationship with our heavenly Father uh, uh, should be daily attained attended to. But Mike, there's a relationship with the church that that we would say is is very very significant. Really,
1: really matters. I, and, and I, I know mean, you want to talk about it. Today. I do. I, you know, I do want to talk about it because it's something that I get asked about a lot. And when I look Back over my years of serving on a church staff, I look back on it with a little even more perspective about how critically important my relationship with my pastor. Was. Now, obviously, when you think about critical relationships in ministry, certainly your family relationships are at the top of that. Yes. And even superseding that would be your personal relationship with the Lord. You're in his word. You're in prayer. You're, you're, you've got a, a relational dynamic with your, with your Savior, the one you're serving. Amen. Uh, but on the human level, the relationship between the person leading worship and the pastor of the church is extremely important. And it's got to be more than you sing a while and then I'll preach. And and then next week you sing a while and I'll preach. It's got to be more than that. It goes much deeper than that. And I would argue that the single most important relationship in the church, yeah. not just in my ministry as a minister of music, but the single most important relationship between two people in the church Is the relationship between the pastor and the person leading worship?
0: It's certainly the most visible. And I think for that reason alone, um, it, it is significant, but I, I could not agree with you more. And I think for this, Mike, I think for the smaller church experience, I think it's easier to get that Perhaps. when you've got a staff of, a, of two or three, or maybe it's just you and your pastor. I think it becomes obvious that that relationship is significant. But as you, as you uh, are involved in bigger um, ministries, larger staffs, bigger organizations, um, it becomes more complex but i think even in the small church even when it might maybe it is just you and the pastor there are things that can get in the middle of that hey i blow it up
1: i'll qualify it even further than that uh the the worship pastor might even be a volunteer yeah. he's not even on staff right. in a church and the only pastor uh, i mean the only staff member is the pastor and this guy's the butcher down at, at kroger right and he's just leading the music and i would say in that setting it's paramount yeah, that the relationship, because the the structure is not in place to make correction uh, right. from a employee-employer standpoint, and so the relational dynamic is even on more display. Yeah, uh, for those church and and can't really be be masked by uh, anything else. So, yeah. so I'm telling you, I just I'm just saying that the way these two individuals work together. Is something that a church benefits from when it's right, and is wounded by when it's wrong, and and I would say that churches can actually sense when it's not what it should be. They can sense it, whether yeah. the, whether they have evidence of it or not.
0: And I completely agree with that, Mike. So two two ways I'd like to chase this. You can tackle either side of this you want to first, but but one would be, and maybe you want to intersperse these ways that you can help develop that relationship and then ways that you can absolutely hinder or kill it. What is it that that keeps it from being what it should be? What is it that you need to do to make it what it ought to be?
1: Well, uh, everybody knows that that the people we work with and the people that we know are going to be just kind of like cats. (laughs) They're all going to be slightly different. Uh, All of them are going to have their little idiosyncrasies, their little personality traits, Uh, You know, we live in a day and a time, we actually did a podcast several weeks back of you know, everybody's Enneagram number and and we've kind of self analyzed so much in our culture that that we almost feel like we have to give a disclaimer, you know, can this type of personality work with that type of personality as if personalities are something that haven't been true all along. Yeah. You know, we've just discovered, you know, that a three can't work with a eight or whatever. Right, I mean it's just right. crazy stuff if we overinterpret all of that stuff. It's interesting to, to for an individual to know that about themselves, it's an entirely another matter to draw conclusions about how you would work with somebody else because of what their number is. It's crazy to think about that. But but the truth of the matter is Brian that that I would tell any minister music out there that this podcast is not about him. <laughs> it's yeah. about us. Yeah. So, the first thing that I tended to do in the earlier days of my ministry is focus all of my attention about his shortcomings and what he wasn't doing and what his habits were that drove me crazy. And why would he decide that? And why was he doing this and questioning everything about him and what he's doing? And that's not what this podcast is. And as a matter of fact, if you find yourself in that pattern it's going to be very hard for you to build a relationship that is, that is beneficial to your church. Because if you start looking and identifying faults and shortcomings and quirks from your pastor, you won't ever move past that list. It'll just keep growing and growing and growing. And the things that bother you a little bit today will bother you a whole lot six months from now.
0: That's
1: it. And, and, and so it doesn't, this isn't a podcast about him. It's a podcast about me and you and the listener. It's about you. Uh, what are you doing and what can you do in this situation? And I would say, first of all, prioritize this relationship. Right. Uh, I think there are a lot of music guys. We find so much meaning in what we do. We identify with the people we do it with, whether it's a piano player or a band member or an orchestra member or a worship team person or the choir we lead. We identify with those people. We get energy from those people. Their, their feedback to us, we feed off of it. And Sometimes in an unhealthy way, we we kind of create our own cheering section sometimes with the people we lead and we 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 get into these echo chambers and we withdraw into our music world and we live a world that's isolated from our pastor. And sometimes if we got really, really, really honest with ourselves, we like it that way. We'd rather be isolated from our pastor because if we boiled it all the way down and got totally honest, we don't really like him very much, <laughs> and we don't want to be around him, and we don't want to get to know him, and we'd just rather he go down there and do that thing and leave us alone. And I want to tell you, it churches are hurt by that kind of thought. If you if you build this silo and you build this sanctuary, this music and worship ministry sanctuary that you live in, that he's not really going to visit very often, and you'd rather he wouldn't anyway. Um, it, that's not what it ought to be either. So I would say the first thing that we've got to do in this role is we've got to prioritize this relationship and realize that independent and regardless of his attitude toward me, I can choose an attitude that says I want to build a relationship with him. And I do that by studying him. You know, this is, it's funny as we talk about this, very soon in this podcast, you could probably take the word pastor out and put the word wife in. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Cause, similar because yeah. this is this is like a marriage. Yep. It is, and 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 I would say it's a ministry marriage. The pastor and the minister of music are doing one thing together. Right. They're leading worship, and uh, so in in many many respects, it's a ministry marriage. So the first thing is make this relationship a priority, and then you do that by studying the personality of your pastor and and learning their personality and their preferences and their patterns what what how they like to communicate how they don't like to communicate you become a student of of their leadership style and of their their work style you become a student of it and you accommodate your relationship with them to what you learn about how they prefer to do things. I'll give you some real practical examples of what I mean by that. Uh, Maybe your pastor is a guy, his work study or his workflow is one where he, he has time that he needs to be and wants to be isolated. And maybe that's his study time and, and interruptions in his moments of isolation are not only unhealthy for the interrupter, but are actually hindering him in what he's trying to do in those moments. Some pastors are like that. When they study, there's a pastor in my mind right now, I won't call his name, but I know a pastor that when he gets in this mode, don't interrupt him. It's not because he's high and holy and perfect and righteous and almighty potentate. That's not that kind of uninterruption. It's the way he thinks. It's the way he studies. And he gets into a flow of thought. And, and the last thing that would be so hurtful is for him to be interrupted. Well, you can observe that and learn that about your pastor. You can ask two or three questions early in your ministry assignment or even right now. If you don't feel like you know your pastor very well, you've worked together five years, you still don't know him. You could ask a couple of questions like, hey, when you're studying, what, are, you, are you one of those kind of people that hate interruptions or actually like them? Because just like you might have a pastor that hates interruptions, you might have a pastor that loves them, and I know people that have that work style that they get into a flow and they get it's all fast paced, it's happening, but. About 30 seconds of a sprint, or let's say, it, put it more in realistic terms, 30 minutes of a sprint for this pastor, he wants to be interrupted. It actually yeah. helps him yeah. to be interrupted with a question or whatever, and you could learn that about your pastor. So that's a, just one practical area of his life. Learn his flow, his work style. I'm I'm a guy, Brian, you've probably observed this about me. I've never announced it, but I'm one of those kind of people that I will work in burst, where in two hours' time, I'll make 20 decisions. Right. I might go five days before I make another one.
0: Yeah,
1: And yeah. in those five days, I'm thinking, I'm deliberating, I'm, I'm marinating. I'm more like a crock pot than I am a microwave. And I'll marinate on a really big decision for days. But when I'm ready to make decisions, I'll make them quickly. I mean, they'll yeah. boom, 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 boom. Well, the team around me probably – observes that and gets to know that and can begin to read that about me to say he's in a decision day now'd be a really good time to settle this question or he's in a marinating day i probably don't want to interrupt that right now those are the kinds of things that you can observe about your pastor get to know them find out how they think how they like to make decisions what their work styles are like And then you can begin to accommodate those things. And if you understand that your pastor is someone that works really, really well on a schedule, then schedule your conversations with Yeah,
0: that's a good word there.
1: But if if your pastor is someone that likes interruptions, that is a person that's away from his desk and popping into offices, then you can accommodate that by relating to them that way. So study your pastor. Study them. Learn how they think, how they work, and what they're passionate about in the way they work.
0: Yeah. Mike one thing I've learned and I'll ask the pastor to speak into my world in places where it might not normally make sense for him to speak into, I'll ask the pastor to speak into the music, maybe even into the musicians, maybe even into the soloists, maybe even into the song selection, not to control it necessarily, unless that's really, really important to him or he feels gifted there, but I'll invite him to speak into my world what in places that feel like they're inside of my boundaries. And I found that when I do that, uh, then I often get invited to speak into his. Well, that's
1: that's one example of how that can work. But I'll tell you another one that's just as equally true. I've worked with some pastors that if I asked them that question, it shut them down. They have no idea. They don't have an opinion. They don't have. They don't even know. They don't feel like they know enough to even answer that question. That's good. And that question would actually be off-putting to him. It would actually make him nervous. It would. You didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's a that's the sort of thing that you can learn by your pastor about your pastor if you will study him. Yep. Is my pastor a person that really is passionate about songs on a title-by-title title basis and loves great music and would enjoy a conversation with me about the new whatever? Or is my pastor a guy that would be – I mean, I I think about – I'm not going to call names because some of these guys listen to my podcast. But I think about one pastor I work with that I probably respect as much as any pastor I know that I worked with. And, and he doesn't want to have that conversation with me. He doesn't, he really doesn't. He's going to come up to me after the service and man, I'm glad you did. That's all love that song. But if I went to him ahead of time and began to get his opinion, he would, he would, it would shut him down. He'd, he'd be like, Oh man, I I don't want to get in the way. I mean, and, but, but I know another pastor that if I didn't ask him, he'd be offended. So again, study your pastor and you know what? Just two or three really good questions. Yeah. of him in a setting maybe in a in a lunch when there's no pressure and no deadline hey just generally speaking do you like to talk about songs or do you, yeah. do you want to you know just ask some questions and begin to learn those kind of things
0: yeah i think you got to find places of connection mike and so if it's not if he's not interested in talking about the music he trusts you doesn't feel qualified those kind of conversations shut him down he doesn't want to speak into your world in that level of detail you know where there is a connection point you can make with them what you know we we joke around here all the time but just simple things what's his favorite sports team oh, yeah. what's his favorite tv show you, know, you know these kinds of what's his favorite book of the bible just find a connection somewhere yeah i somewhere. love
1: i love it it's an old book now but uh, gary smalley wrote a book that talked about the power of connection of story of learning the other person's uh passions mm-hmm. and connecting with people at the point of their passions yes and that is a beautiful thing if your pastor is a huge football fan Uh, learn about his team, uh, start drawing your own interest in it. I would say even spiritually, who does your pastor like to listen to preach?
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: And, And you start listening to that preacher. What author does your pastor love to read what book is your pastor reading right now that you could get a copy of too and you could read along with him and then in a casual conversation hey I'm reading that book too what did you think about chapter 3 when he said so and so and those kinds if you come to his world and get inside his world where you can begin to talk about those kind of things it could open up a whole another layer of dialogue with your pastor that maybe if he's kind of intimidated by the music subject or doesn't feel like he can really talk about that uh, he might get real quiet around you like I I don't even know what to talk about with you but if you found out his subjects of passion maybe a a specific theologian that's influenced him greatly and begin reading with him or thinking with him and exchanging uh, dialogue about subjects he's passionate about you are now beginning to build a relationship with your pastor that will benefit the church
2: Hey, we wanted to remind you that Lifeway is your one-stop shop for all church supplies. Broadman Church Supplies has everything from offering envelopes to different kinds of bulletins that you might need for special seasons of the year. They have all the communion resources you could need, including the pre-filled cups that have the wafer and the juice in one unit, which are great when you are doing your communion or Lord's Supper services off-site, or if you just have a large congregation. It's a great way to serve communion effectively. If you haven't tried the pre-filled cups, we highly recommend you check them out. They also have the silver, the gold, and the platinum serving sets if you have a more formal setting. You can find every resource for your church, from forms to offering envelopes to usher badges. You can find them online at www.lifeway.com church supplies. Broadman Church Supplies, because your ministry matters.
0: So Mike, let's talk about some ways that that can break that relationship. What are some, some potential danger zones, danger signs, pitfalls? We, we talked earlier in a podcast with Dave Clark about songwriting and things that make a yeah. song great, things that keep a song from being great. What are those things that can, can inhibit a relationship from developing the way it needs Surprises. to Surprises.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 you, when you surprise your pastor, um, you know, let's say you, you drop an event on the calendar Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know anything about it, and 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 it's not about permissions. Maybe you've, you're hung up on that. Maybe you're like, I don't want to get permission from my pastor. You know, I should be able to. Okay, the, you've got some issues there, and you need to you need to think about that because uh, the relationship. Listen, the relationship is so much more important than being recognized for the authority that you have in your position, yeah. or or protocols or. Policies and procedures are so secondary to the relationship. Don't don't sacrifice the relationship on the altar of being feeling disrespected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, sure. you, you're you're paying too high a price for that. You've got to get over yourself enough to say, you know what? This relationship matters more to me than me feeling like I'm getting my recognition, uh, which sometimes we get hung up on things like that. But but nothing is more off putting or trust killing with a pastor than for him to get a question from a church member about something you've put on the calendar and he doesn't know about it.
0: Right.
1: And it's like, Oh pastor, I noticed we're having a special concert on whatever night. Oh, Tell me more about that. And the pastor goes, um, I don't really know what that is.
0: Right.
1: And you are, you are t- making withdrawals on your trust account with your pastor. If you surprise him or in a worship service where you, you steer the service in a direction that he wasn't expecting it to go or didn't know you had planned to do or whatever or maybe you you are uh, a a habitual abuser of the time that that really you should take in a worship service and you're taking more than that time and you're doing it in a way that makes you feel like you've got a license to do that and maybe you're getting great feedback from the church and maybe your pastor's not even talking to you about it and you kind of his his silence you consider to be tacit approval and you you might be abusing something there that's costing you trust with him. But I would say, um, first and foremost, never, never surprise your pastor. Just don't surprise him about anything. And maybe you feel like you're boring him with details that he doesn't want. But I would say there are enough ways that you can communicate with your pastor passively that aren't necessarily intruding in his space that there's no reason your pastor should ever be surprised by anything. It may be as simple as, hey, I just wanted you to know I've got a soloist that's not a member of our church who's coming in to sing a solo on that song so that that Sunday when that happens, he doesn't have a deacon in the parking lot say, hey, how come that person is here and did you know they were coming? I mean, those little things like that. Um, can eat away at a trust that will. So that will
0: over-communicate you. in that way just Over- to make communi- sure don't he's informed. Him. Don't su- yeah. Surprises
1: are, are trust killers. Uh, and then and then being disrespectful in the sense of ignoring what you know he cares about and just moving on independently of your pastor and not not really understanding the amazing amount of responsibility that he feels. And because he feels that total responsibility... Uh, when you disregard that and kind of color outside the lines because you think you can get away with it, those kinds of choices that you might make you feel entitled to, maybe you've got support from a part of the church that seemed to support you more than they do him you need to you need to kill that kind of thing really quickly and always operate within the bounds of responsibility and authority that your pastor has. When you begin to color outside those lines, you do that long. Um, listen, I've, I've I've said this so many times, our audience has probably heard me say it. It won't be the biggest thing that you do that will end your relationship with your pastor. It's just going to be the last thing, yeah. whatever that is. And if you're eroding away at that trust all the time, uh, the day's going to come when it's going to be something really, really silly. But it's going to be just the, the last thing that, yeah. that he goes, I can't trust this guy anymore. And that tends to happen. So you've got to fight against that, anything right. that would compromise that trust.
0: So Mike as we as we come toward the end here I want to address one thing. I think we th- there's a lot of guys that might be listening to us that really feel like that old song lyric we have exhausted our store of endurance and yep. there's just a disconnect and we just I I've tried everything I can. I don't feel like I can salvage the relationship. Is there a point or maybe a better question what is the point when it's time to say hey and then, how does that happen? Is well, is it ever time? Question. Is it ever time to say, "Man, you that's know what, tough. pastor? It's got to be you or me." So, good luck in your new church. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, well, I mean,
1: you um, know, I, I'm a little bit old school at this point, Brian, and I'll, yeah. I'll just confess that straight up. Um, and I hope anybody listening to this is not trying to draw this question from a specific incident that you might think that i'm talking about in any church cause, oh no I'm, cause, I'm
0: talking about 30 years because well, we're ministry. aware of
1: this this happens all the time way we too often and we know yeah. about it so i am not yeah. referring to any specific church in anything i might say at this point please do not hear me say it that way because i'm not but i would say um that if i was in a situation where i felt like the trust between me and my pastor had eroded i've really got two choices i've either got to roll up my sleeves. And get in his heart, and say, Pastor, I feel like something's broken here, and I please help me do what I can do to fix it. And you just got to have some really, really mature and open and honest conversations. You've got to, you know, you've got three choices in a moment like that. You can be insulted and and mad because you're, you know, this is broken, um, and and you're going to react harshly in, if you're insulted by by the lack of trust. Uh, you could be you could feel wounded like you've mm. been attacked, but even the wounded person's not going to respond really typically spiritually or biblically. Or you can get real humble.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can you can become a student. You can be a you can be a defend. You can defend yourself or you can become a soldier on attack or you can become a student. Yeah. And 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 I would say take that. You've got here are the choices you have in a situation where the trust is broken. You can become uh, the student. Uh, or or and, and get real humble and get to that place of teachability or you can find another place to go yeah you really can i mean you don't have the option of staying and fighting and this is where i get old school i really believe that when the lord set up authority in scripture he only set it up in four or five places through the entire bible he talks about authority he talks about citizens to governments yeah he talks about uh, wives and husbands and families. And he talks about children to parents yeah. and he talks about flock sheep to shepherds. To shepherd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the Bible's pretty clear about that. And in your church, wherever you are, your pastor is the shepherd and is the one who has, it's the reason that James says, not many of you should want this because there's a greater accountability right. and a higher responsibility that this person has with the Lord. Now, No one should hear me say that I think pastors are perfect. As a matter of fact, they're very imperfect people. And there are many churches and many times a pastors being less than he should be and acting less than he should act like and not being a spiritual leader and all of the things that can happen. Of course, cases of immorality, that's that's a totally different and ethical and all that. We're not even talking about that. But we're talking about that pastor where you're just not getting along with him. At the end of the day, he still bears the God-giving responsibility of being pastor of that church. And I cannot find in Scripture— where a staff member has the opportunity or responsibility to stand and fight in a moment like that and cause division to the body. I just cannot find it. You know, I think Barnabas could have shouted Paul down when they had their disagreement. Right. But he didn't. And we don't know all of the details of that conversation. But those two brothers decided we're going to get mission team one and two here. Yeah. And I think that right. I think that should happen. I yeah. think that should happen. If, you're, if your tendency is I'm going to stand and fight, then i would say shut up and leave yeah and and put the put the unity and the health of the church body above your personal interest do that every time so for my tendency would be to get with my pastor and say hey can well how can we work on this yeah and and i don't know very many pastors that wouldn't say i'll work on it with you right uh still doesn't mean it's going to work but right. but at least you're working on it together Or you've got that option or you've got the option to relocate. And I would say with humility, with with service and a mindset of protecting the body, those are your two options when you get into those situations. That's good. Well,
0: we'd love to hear from you. Uh, maybe you've been through this experience before and you've got some lessons that God has taught you in your ministry. You can email those to us, worship at or actually for this topic, Mike, I think I'd really like them to engage in the blog, worshiplife.com. Share your story there or on social media, we can engage with you um, there if that's your preferred platform. But I would love to just hear from you what lessons God has taught you about the importance of the relationship with your pastor, ways that you've struggled struggled and failed and, in, in ways that maybe you've succeeded. Mike, I think I'd love to have for us to have another pastor in here as a guest oh, yeah. soon and, we, you know and what? talk about
1: that. My friend, Jim Shaddix and I have talked about this subject in, yes. in breakout yeah. conferences and on and on and on. And, and I just want to tell you that this relationship should be of paramount importance to every worship pastor and should, it should, uh, Uh, receive your attention and uh, and your energy and work toward, no matter how great your relationship is or where it might be today, work on making it better. Because when the pastor and the worship leader are on the same page and relationally trust each other, the church, that's like putting miracle grow on the worship experience of the church when those two people trust each other and are working together to lead that ministry.
0: Amen. Well, until next time for the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harlan, this is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us. We'll be back together to talk about music and worship ministry very soon.